Thank you. Please be seated. Just before I, I dive in, if you've got a, a little one, we've had a problem with our live feed room due to the load shedding at 8 o'clock service. Please feel free to uh, make use of the foyer. Um, you'll be able to hear and participate with the service over there without feeling insecure around the looks of those around you because of a restless baby. All right. Let's open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. And um, we're in the part of our series on the Holy Spirit where we are touching on the work of the Spirit in the church. And uh, I get to preach on today the, the gift of prophecy. And I hope that you're wide open today because Paul wants us to be wide open uh, to what he has to say. And uh, let's read together from 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 to 5. Beautiful scripture, verse 1, chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. Pursue love, 10 o'clock, pursue love, and earnestly desire the spiritual. The gifts there are started in by the interpreters. I think it should be up there. Hey, have we got the, is it not there? Oh, okay, no problem. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. We'll look at tongues next week, but tongues are between you and God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people. It's different to tongues. Tongues is to God. Prophecy are for to people. And for their upbuilding, can we all say upbuilding? And encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all, listen to this, I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets. In other words, when there's an interpretation publicly of a tongue, it becomes prophecy. So that the church, that's what Paul's heart is, the church would be built up. Now friends, I want to remind you that when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about the Spirit who loves the church. If you will get in your heart how much the Holy Spirit loves the church, it will change your life. And uh, the Spirit is actually the reason why you're in the church universal. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, remember it says, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. The spirit is very jealous over the church because the church is Christ's body. Let me tell you, on planet earth, the representation of Christ is his body, the church, and the spirit is invested in seeing the body being built up, seeing the body advance and grow because the more the church flourishes on planet earth, the more Jesus Christ is glorified. Amen? And so, if you are going to be a spirit-led or a spirit-filled Christian, what you will find is the spirit will start to change your heart about these people around you. Don't tell me you're spirit-filled, but you've got no love for the church. It doesn't work. The person who comes under the daily fillings of the spirit, the influence of the spirit, or experiences these special infillings of grace by the spirit, love the church. And Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, oh, 10 a.m., I just pray this would sink into your hearts. He says, come on, pursue love. Is the reason why we're talking about all of these spiritual gifts is because love comes first. Love wants to see your brothers and sisters flourish. And you're not going to understand the spiritual gifts until you understand their purpose, is that the Spirit ministers these gifts to us so that we might be a blessing. It's not for platforming or saying this is for my personal glory. No, no, no. The Spirit wants to, first of all, empower the fruit of the Spirit in your life, which is manifold and manifestly love unpacked. Love for the church as well as the gifts. And let me tell you, the one who loves the church, the gifts will make sense. Because the one who loves the church, please look at me this morning. This is very important. Wants to see the church flourish. And the gifts are given by the Spirit to build up the church, to, to strengthen the body. And uh, can I say today that uh, when Paul, <laughs> in 1 Corinthians 14, chapter 1, says, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, what he's asking in this room today is we all lean in. 
I did some investigating of the Greek. Uh, that word earnestly, I'm going to pronounce it strangely, but it's zeloite, which is a very interesting form. It means in the Greek, it says aspire eagerly after. In other words, Paul's saying, guys, when I'm talking about what's to come in 1 Corinthians 14, I want you all to lean in. And it's in the plural. He's saying to the whole church, not saying to some, he said, you, you Corinthians, you 10 o'clockers, you SBCers, I want you to lean in. This is for all of you. And it's in the continuous active tense, which means consistently, continuously be eager, aspire after these things. Uh, until the day you die, you be eager to be used by the Spirit to be a blessing to your brothers and sisters. And the mood of that word is the imperative, which means it is a command. This isn't an optional thing of going, oh, well, Earnestly desire spiritual, the spiritual, especially that you may prophesy, uh, for these, maybe for somebody else. No, no, Paul's saying, come on, church. I want you to lean in here. This is for all of you. I want you to eagerly aspire continuously until the day you die. And it's a command to do so. Why? That you might be a blessing to your brothers and sisters. You might be a part of the Spirit's work in building up the church in our day. And why does Paul say, especially that you may prophesy? Now, I understand that that's a loaded term, prophecy, for some of us here this morning. We have different pictures. Maybe it makes you feel a bit uncomfortable. I just want you to push pause on what you feel, and I want you to reset today around Paul's understanding, the New Testament understanding of prophecy, because Paul makes a lot around this gift for good reason. Do you know why he says, especially that you may prophesy? It's because prophecy supremely expresses the heart of love. When Paul says, the one who prophesies causes the upbuilding, the encouragement, and the consolation of the church. Friends, don't you think that's the heart of love? When you love somebody, you want to see them built up, right? You want to see them encouraged, right? You want to see them consoled when they're in distress. Your heart is going towards, it's moving towards people. And friends, the heart of prophecy is that the church might flourish is that your brothers and sisters might be blessed and built up in Christ, might be spurred on in the spirits to go for it in Jesus, might be consoled in their pain and recover and find healing. Friends, the gift of prophecy is ranked right on top because of its effect in the church. Now, I just have to rewind here. The way spiritual gifts are ranked in the Bible is not how miraculous they are. Do you know that? It does not matter, please, please, this is important, because you might see some TBN channel, you might have some guy calling him doctor, apostle, prophet, wada, wada, wada. Let me tell you, they might say that they can raise the dead, they can, might say that they can do all of these miraculous gifts, let me tell you. The way heaven grades the gifts is how much that gift blesses and builds up the church. And friends, if you want front row on the gifts that Paul says, hey, this is not just for some, this is the whole church leaning in, is, is that if there's one gift, SBC, you aspire to, to be a blessing to your brothers and sisters, is that you might prophesy because it builds up the church. It makes her strong and active and fortified. It gives her spiritual nourishment by the Spirit. Now, I want us to look at, first of all today, with that background of, of saying, guys, we're all leaning in here. We're leaning in here because no one is disqualified from this, from Scripture. Is what is prophecy? This is important. And let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3 to 4. Paul says, on the other hand, the, he gives his definition. The one who prophesies speaks to people. Okay? Very helpful. The one who prophesies doesn't speak to God. He speaks to people. It is a horizontal gift. You're hearing something from God, yes, but you're speaking it to people, and it has an effect for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who prophesies builds up the church. And, and, and I want to say, Paul's definition of prophecy is very, very flat and very broad. It's very important because I know some of you have got a very high view of the, of the term prophecy, Paul wants to bring it right down to say, church, let me define it for you in this way. The first is, prophecy involves hearing something from the Lord by the Spirit. Very important. It's not coming from faulty cheese that you ate the night before, you know, it's not your kind of idea. It is you are hearing something from the Lord by the Spirit. It's a truth, 
a truth that you are hearing by the Spirit, and it's for someone else. There is, for it to be, take the next step, it goes from hearing to sharing. And it might be, that's why you don't prophesy to yourself. I prophesy to myself, it's nonsense. You, you don't prophesy back to God. You, you, you hear something for someone else or a group of people, the church. And the effect of prophecy, Paul says, the third one, if there is effect, it results in this upbuilding, in this encouraging, and this concerning. It has an effect. And friends, that is the definition of prophecy, is hearing something from the Spirit, a truth, for someone else, but then you must translate it into an act of sharing it. And that sharing, obedience to the Spirit, leads to a blessing, leads to a blessing of a brother, sister, or a church. That is the breadth of Paul's definition of prophecy. And, and, and what we find is it's difficult because it sort of has blurred edges. I mean, you could put a lot in that definition, right? I'll, I'll be sharing next week on the, on the gift of tongues. The public, we had a public tongue at the 6 p.m. last Sunday. It's the first time in a long time. It only became useful to the church with an interpretation. And there was a double interpretation. But the point is it moved from being a tongue to a prophetic gift. A prophecy. It, it was for the building up of the church. That's why tongues, the interpretation of tongues can be included. A word of knowledge. Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 14, a revelation. Uh, the, these, these speaking gifts that are being heard by from the Spirit, being uh, for, for someone else, whether it's individual or a group, um, and they, that actually leads to this effect of encouraging and upbuilding and consolation. That is what the, the prophetic category in, 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 incorporates. And its breadth is, is very broad. This is so helpful today. You know, the message that, that you can receive can be directly biblical. And I'm going to pick on Joy Fetting this morning. <laughs> Although she probably wouldn't want me to. Very often, you can hear a scripture for somebody else. Joy was praying one day. And she felt, you'll go to the, the rose garden, the, the, the flower garden around the corner here. And there she's put from 1 Corinthians, is it 1 Corinthians 3, Joy? Yes. So she felt this word for us as a staff, the scripture. And she shared it in a, in a prayer time that her small group had for us as staff. They invited us, ate, ate lovely cakes, it was wonderful. But the sweet time was the prayer. And she said, I have this word from the Lord. It says, some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. God makes it grow. And I tell you, every time I walk past that sign, I'm built up. I'm encouraged. And when things are not going well, when there's maybe a lot of empty seats, not too sure, things are, and I remember it consoles me because I can plant, I can, oh, but God's going to bring the growth. Now, if you said to Joy, in that moment, she shared a prophetic word she said, over my dead body. But actually, what she did was by hearing from the Holy Spirit, for another person or group of people and being obedient to share it has led to the effect of an upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation of us as a staff. And long may that sign be there. That is the work of the prophetic in the church. Now, I, I understand that when I say prophetic, you, you get a little bit cautious. And I, I understand, but, but I remember, I'm talking about a kind of message. It is as simple as this, hearing from the Spirit, and it can be directly biblical, or it may be abiblical. I'll give you an example of what happened to me after service one Sunday. I went out there to get a cup of coffee, and this, this congregant, she came up to me and she said, I just have one word for you, contentment. Now, she didn't know my life. At that stage, I was struggling. I was in a, in a bit of a frustrated place. Maybe she could pick it up in the preaching. You'll hear when I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I'm not as, as cordial as what I should be. And, and she just said, and as she said it, I knew that was for me. And the 1 Timothy 6 came straight to mind. She didn't share a scripture. She, didn't, she just shared one word that was perfectly in line with what scripture calls us to. But it was at the right moment, at the right time. And friends, when she shared it, I was built up, I was encouraged, and I was consoled. Again, you hear and my picture at Advanced Africa on that first morning was just this picture of the glory of Christ coming over Table Mountain. I mean, I mean, you won't find that picture of Table Mountain in Scripture, 
But as I'm sharing it, I know that we're in the will of God. He's got his eye in Africa. It's part of the nations of Christ's inheritance. Of course, his eyes in Africa, but there's an extra sense of God is working here. And then, I mean, that scripture of he chooses the weak things to shame the strong, the foolish things to shame the wise. It's all coming through, but it's coming through as a picture, and the Bible is coming through out of it. But as I'm sharing it at the conference from the front of the stage, and for me personally, I'm being built up, we're being built up, we're being encouraged, and we're being consoled. And, and, and it might be a creative way that, that, that a truth is communicated from the Spirit, a, a picture, a sense, an emphasis, a word, and the effect of that as we, as we faithfully share it and say, Look, man, I was just praying for you, and this scripture came to mind, or, or this picture came to mind, is the church is being built up, encouraged, and consoled. Are you with me? So it may be directly biblical, it may be abiblical, but it can never be non-biblical. So I'm very sorry, Pia, no one can ever say you're the future Christ. You know, no, no, <laughs> no one can say um, things that are not permitted in Scripture. The Spirit, please hear me this morning, will always honor the word he offers. And Paul says we have to test these things, but I, I want to encourage you this morning. We'll, we'll look at it in just a moment. Paul's very happy for there to be a lot of mistakes. He says in, in Thessalonians, he says, you, you weigh up, you test everything. And you spit out the bones, and you keep what's good. <laughs> but this is the point. This is the point. Is it, it, this message can be abiblical, it can be biblical, but it can never be non-biblical. And it can be very general. Pierre, why don't you come up here quickly? You would say, well, what kind of message would categorize in this gift of building up the church through prophecy? It can be, you know, we're in worship. You know, I'm just giving you a silly example. But, you know, oh, man, Pierre. I just, want, I just feel like God wants you to be encouraged, like on my heart. Like I just sense the Lord saying, trust him, man. And, he, um, and it could be maybe he's heard your prayers, and I would just have a fresh sense of God being with you. You say, well, this is, this is rather general. This is rather, you know, it's not exactly, oh, you know, uh, glory, you know, you know, like this is just going. Yeah, I just sense in the Lord. He's with you. Don't you think the Holy Spirit's? can use that to build Pierre up, to, to encourage him and to console him. It can go from the general, or it can go to, which it hasn't happened often in my life, I'll be honest. It can become specific, where it can be like, and, and you just sense this tugging of the Lord, and you, Pierre, I don't know, you can use or lose this, but I just sense, maybe you'd be thinking about a business deal. I just sense the Lord said, be careful. Just be careful. Oh, oh okay. No, thank you, Pierre. That was profound. Well done. Um, it, 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 it can be that broad. The Spirit can use you in that way. It, it, it's wonderful. And, and I want to say, friends, I, I know that even in our church, you will hear um, different language for what can be classified as the prophetic. Now, Joy would never like it to say she had a prophetic word. But I would argue it fits perfectly in with what it's doing for the staff and long may it continue. But the point is, we don't say that. We don't say, Joy prophesied to the staff. That comes with a lot of baggage. <laughs> but we'll say, she had a scripture. She had a word. And, 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 and we'll say, um, I just have a picture. And I, I feel God has laid this on my heart today. Auntie Elsie around boldness. And there are things which, which are pressed upon us that are very broad, that can be a blessing to the church. But, but I want to say, we, we, we must adopt Paul's view of prophecy, which is much flatter than what you and I would admit to how we see prophecy. You know, I understand as Bible-believing Christians, when I say the word prophet, you're like, weird. I mean, let's just be honest here. Uh, let's have a look at a few of the prophets in the Old Testament. They're not exactly user-friendly, right? I mean, anybody... Lying on their side for over 100 days here, like Ezekiel, you know. And then after those, those I think it's 120 days, if Sandy corrected, to turn over and lie on the other side. Anybody up for that, right? How about Isaiah walking through the village, uh, the city naked? I mean, I like my clothes on, thank you very much. Or how about um, Ezekiel being told to, to, to cook on human excrement? We, we've got this idea of, friends, that capital P prophet has come and gone. There will never be another capital P P prophet until Christ comes again and settles it all. It is done. Nobody speaking, praise God, can give us more scripture. Nobody can come and claim a prophetic revelation that can add to scripture 
or even, in a sense, supplement Scripture, friends, those days are gone. And when Paul is talking about prophecy now in the New Testament, can I say to you, it is much lower uh, in terms of it's, it's, it, is, it is fallible, it must be tested, and, and most importantly, I want to say to you today, it is possible for every member of the church to participate in. And you might say, where on earth could I get that from? Well, can I say to you, when you read 1 Corinthians 14, you can see that the spectrum of, of, of how prophecy can come to the church, remember what I'm saying about prophecy, is being able to hear by the Spirit for someone else, which has an effect that builds them up and blesses them. That is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about prophecy. I'm talking about prophecy. That ability to hear from God should be known by every believer. You see, if you have too high a view of prophecy, you are actually undercutting the priesthood of all believers. And what Paul is saying here is, can I just ask you a question, 10 o'clock? Give me, give me your eyes and hearts here and minds. Do you think it's possible for every believer born by the Spirit to hear from God? Yes. So, what Paul is saying is, don't you think it's possible to hear from God for someone else? Well, welcome to joining the game. Nobody, please, please this morning, nobody must stand on the outside and say, I don't have the apparatus, the spiritual apparatus to be a blessing. Friends, that's how flat Paul makes prophecy, is he says, we should all know, and you have, you have. How many of you have been praying for someone and just sent a scripture and say, hey man, can I just send this through to you and be an encouragement? And that person gets a scripture, oh, they're built up, they're encouraged, they're consoled. How many of you have heard a testimony here from fr in the front as they're sharing, that's for me, that's for me. And, and you might think, well, this is so silly, I'm just being prompted to say something which at this point won't leave me, but I know this is for the church. And you do it obediently. Friends, friends, when you are praying for somebody, maybe you're praying in a group, maybe it's an opportunity in your, your small group, and you just say, no, I just got a sense that um, this is for you, or, or you pray a scripture. Friends, that is what Paul is saying. When we're all called to lean in, we are to seek to be a blessing to our brothers and sisters by hearing from the Lord for them. And does that mean it has to be weighed? Yes. But can you see that he doesn't want there to be an exclusion zone because everyone can hear by the Spirit. Everyone can ask to be a blessing to pursue love for their brothers and sisters in Christ. And he's trying to stoke, as I am this morning from the Scriptures, to say, hey, what is disqualifying you here this morning from being a blessing? Nothing. Nothing. Because you can hear from the Lord. I'm not saying you're sucking it from your thumb, but what you are saying is, Lord, use me to be a blessing to my brothers and sisters. And so we get the spectrum of prophecy light, if you want to call it. I'm stealing P.J. Smythe, preached a very practical sermon on this, but he talks about we should all know. And do you notice in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, you know the Greek is strange. But the more I lean into it from this perspective, the more I believe we get what Paul says. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 says, eagerly desire the spiritual. He doesn't say any particular gift especially that you may prophesy. We put there the gift of prophecy, but he's not talking about the gift. He's talking about the act, the act of hearing from the Spirit for another or another people that they might be blessed and built up and encouraged. Isn't that wonderful? If you view it that way, doesn't it feel within your grasp? That's how it should feel. And we can move from prophecy light, if you want to talk, it's a prophecy medium where, where you get the prophetic gift. In, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, you can call it a gift, if you like, if you want to take the, 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 the chapter's interpretation. Well, all that means is you don't say, oh, I've got the gift of prophecy. Oh, I prophesy to you. No, rubbish. All it means is you have a heightened help from the Spirit to hear a word of upbuilding, encouragement, consolation for another. The frequency is increased and the activity of the Spirit is increased. That's all it means. And I, I have to admit, so it goes from wide open, all, uh, the spectrum goes all, 1 Corinthians 14, 24, when Paul says, but, but, but let all prophesy, or, but if all prophesy, I mean, it's when the church, he's talking about when the church is gathered, he's saying, Paul, what are you talking about? How can you say all? 
And we, we think it might be a prayer meeting where the, the Christians are praying together in little groups and God's speaking through the body, to the body. And there's something that's happening there. It, it might mean people coming to the front. He deals with that in a different way. He says, let two or three speak. But he's expecting, as we'll see in a moment, he's expecting that we can all lean into this and we can all access the help of the Spirit in being a blessing to the body in a biblical way. But there are some where it moves from all to, to some to few, where Ephesians 4 says there can be a ministry of the prophetic. They're very rare. I haven't seen too many last. Ephesians 4.11. And you'll notice the prophetic ministry can, is very creative. It's someone who is uniquely gifted, like in the, uh, their little A's, little apostles, they're not public, the, the foundational apostles, but someone who moves the church forward, and then you get the prophetic that speaks in a way where it's, it's biblical, but it's, it's, it's now, it's ready, it fortifies the church. It's a form of preaching, as one commentator says. It's unpacking the word of God in, in, a, in an immediate way. They're very rare, they're, they're around, but I just have to say, they don't necessarily last. They can be quite unstable. So, my last thing before moving to my next point is, why do you think Paul uses the word prophecy? I mean, it's, it's, it comes with a lot of theological history. Why couldn't you just say, I want you all to hear from the Spirit for the church? It would have been easier, right? Right. It's because in Paul's mind, all that the prophets were, were people available to hear a message and who were obedient to communicate it. That's it. And we'll never be a capital P prophet, but that is the Spirit speaking through a person. That is what prophecy is. The Spirit speaks to you directly. Yeah, you don't need a, prophet for that, uh, a gift of prophecy for that. But it is that fundamental translation from the Old Testament to the New that the Spirit, praise God, speaks through the body, and the body can minister through the Spirit to each other. It's not one gift. You, know, you don't need a mediator. You don't need some priest who has to do the atonement for you or has to tell you you come to confession and, 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 and can absolve you. No, no, we reject all that. The reason why we reject all that, that makes prophecy accessible to the church because we are able to partner by the Spirit's help to hear from the Lord directly from Jesus Christ out of the church and to translate it into a blessing by communicating it to others. And so let's have a few, the second point is let's have a few scriptures. Uh, there's five in particular. I won't go through all of them because I want to land. Um, but please, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 is, is we are to eagerly desire. Can you just pop it up there? Earnestly, earnestly desire. Can we all say earnestly? Earnestly. The second is 1 Thessalonians 5.16. This is beautiful. I just think this is wonderful. Rejoice always. Do you think the church should always be rejoicing? Hey? Yeah? Do you think the church should always be praying without ceasing? Yeah? Do you think the church, well, it tells us, should be giving thanks in all circumstances? Yeah? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do you think the church should uh, never quench the Spirit? Well, let's look at the next one. Look, what comes in this list of, of permanence? Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Should the church always abstain from every form of evil? So friends, what's beautiful about this passage is Paul says, when the church gathers, he expects prophecies. And what I mean by prophecies, he expects the spirits to speak through the church for the church. Are you with me? That's why it was an exciting space. He expects that the spirit is going to be at work in you to be a blessing to your brothers and sisters. And what I love about this is, is he says, hey, and, and they, they and you are going to make a few mistakes. He says, yeah, does it say, test some things? No, he says, but test everything. And he says, you hold fast to what is good and, and you spit out the rest. And I just take a step back. Some of us don't want to be available to the Spirit in this way because we're made afraid of making mistakes, right? Can I say to you, Paul is happy for there to be mistakes because he wants the church to be discerning. And nobody sharing the gift of prophecy must ever do it in a way where they feel like God to you. I'm sorry. They must secure your conscience. That you'll hear us say, we feel, we sense. That this is what God is saying. We'll never say, thus saith the Lord. 
Because, friends, this spirit speaking through another to you should be tested. And there's two ways of testing. One is the internal witness of the spirit. You know, sometimes, sometimes God's word can come to you, and in your heart, you know this is just for you. You don't even need to go to scripture. You know this is exactly from the hands of Christ. It's wonderful. I've got a few stories to tell. I'm trying to, I'm nervous about the time. But have you ever had that moment of maybe when you are at the lowest of low, or you've got some question, or you've got some, and someone shares something and it just rescues you? You say, This is the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That's the Spirit. It's wonderful, it's powerful. There's an internal witness of, Yes, it's right. The, the Spirit speaking to that person is the same Spirit in you saying, yes, it's me. The other is, which is a very important point, the external witness of God's Word. And if you ever, and it happens, if, 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 there, if someone shares something with you, and you kind of go, well, that's nice, but you're not sure, you, you ask the Lord to give you confirmation from His Word, and you wait. Did you test it? You, you weigh these things up. But can I just say, what struck me about this, and this is 10 o'clock, very important. Can you put that Thessalonian scripture on it, the last, the last one, next one? Can I say, we must be careful of our attitude towards how the Spirit likes to speak through the body. Is we can have a negative, despising attitude. Ah, that's rubbish, man. That's nonsense. Can I say, the reason why I think churches do not see the joyful, prophetic work of the Spirit is because of the unbelief around us. And remember when Jesus went into Nazareth and he was preaching and the atmosphere was of such intense unbelief. It says he could do, not, he could do no great miracles there. It wasn't the fact that, that Jesus couldn't because of his ability. It, was, it would not have been appropriate because the Father loves faith. The Father loves an openness to His Word and a posture of receiving what the Spirit wants to say. Sure, it must be weighed. But friends, can I just ask you today, if your attitude is negative towards God speaking to you other than a preacher, then you will struggle not only to participate in being ready to be used in the Spirit this way, but you will shut down the work of the Spirit in your life and it will end in you experiencing loss. And I want the sermon today to make us more front-footed, to say, God can speak to me. God can speak to me to be a blessing to another person. I can hear him. I can read his word. He speaks to me. Surely that can be for others too. Man, I'm in. You with me? Okay. Now, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 22 to 24. I, I, I've shared this already, but I'll just make the one point. It talks about when the whole church is covered. When the whole church comes together, would you pop it up, 1 Corinthians 14? When the whole church is gathered, it says, next one, it talks about, and all prophesy, it talks about the whole body participating. We think it might be in small little prayer groups, and an unbeliever comes in, and suddenly someone says, hey man, I just have this sense in my heart that maybe you're struggling with this, and the person goes, What? And then the body tends to minister and to say, can we just pray? For and and, and, and it, it, it's almost as if Paul says there are opportunities when the Spirit is at work and the people of God are praying together that unbelievers can come in and their lives can be unpacked by the Spirit and they get saved. I've seen that happen, by the way. Rare occurrence, but I've seen it happen. Unbeliever wanders into the church and suddenly God grips him. Romans 12, verse 6, a wonderful, liberating passage. It says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. It's prophecy in proportion to our faith. What Paul wants is for you to work in the zone that you have grace for. What does that mean? Is you must never compare yourself to another person and say, I need to be like that. You listen, you, please hear me here. You, you hear God in your way. He has a way of, of, of getting to you that is unique. And, and what you must remember is you only use what you have. That's what Paul is saying. 
if God has just given you grace to give a scripture to someone, and that's fine enough, that's fine, that's, you, you go with that. But if God is prompting you with grace to give something a bit more, of going, I just sense I have this picture for you. Maybe it's a bit more out of your comfort zone. And, but you've got it. You, you sense God's wanting you to you flow with that. You never go beyond the grace God has given you in the moment. You don't go beyond the message he's given you, and you be comfortable in that. Does that make sense? Very helpful. You start where grace has put you. I guarantee you, if you use it, it will grow. I'm going to skip Acts 13, verse 1, but you'll notice there's a difference between prophets and teachers. Teachers, the gift of teaching will help you understand something from God's eternal word. The gift of prophecy will take God's eternal word and apply it to you now. And that's what preaching is. You ask me, what is the difference between teaching? Is a great teacher here will unpack God's word and you say, wow, that was helpful, I understand. A preacher will take that understanding and press it upon your heart. You'll say, this is what God is calling us to right now. This is what we, and, and, and preaching, you can't, teaching, you can be neutral. You can go, that was so helpful, I feel illuminated. Preaching is, I've been moved. God has got me. Right now, this word has got me in this way for this moment. I must respond. And so, to wrap it up today, why is prophecy so important? And just a few helpful hints on how to make it practical. Friends, don't you want to see this church built up? Don't you want to see this church encouraged? Don't you want to see this church consoled? Then this is the gift Paul is saying. Might we hear from the spirits and be a blessing to our brothers and sisters? Don't, don't you think that, that uh, oh, I, 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 I don't understand it. Uh, but in 1 Timothy 4.14, something happened to Timothy that Paul points him back to. He says, my boy, he says, do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy. Interesting. When the council of elders laid their hands on you. This gift not only builds up the church in giving words, but there seems to be attached to the words moments where there can be a commissioning. And, and maybe that happened to you. God got you. It, it happened to me in ministry. Someone said, I want, to, I want to pray for people who want to go into full-time ministry. And I felt the Holy Spirit stand. And he prayed. He was obedient to the message. Friends, he didn't know it. And nothing happened dramatically in that moment. But from that night onwards, I could never do pharmacy again full-time. There was a commissioning. That this, it was, there was no fanfare, nothing. He just felt, this is the moment that, that I just feel faith from God to say, I want to pray for those, I believe, who are here who want to go into full-time ministry. Friends, that can happen is when the prophetic comes, Gifts can be given. Gifts can be activated or catalyzed or, 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 or enhanced. And there was a Timothy before the moment when the elders prayed for him, and there was a Timothy afterwards. And, and you remember, there can be new ministries and callings that can be birthed in Acts chapter 13, verse 2 to 3. Remember, we're talking about why is prophecy so important for the church, for its upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation, the giving of gifts, but also the callings to ministries and, and the planting of churches. In Acts 13, verse 2 to 3, it says, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. How do you think the Holy Spirit spoke? Do you think it was through the, the atmosphere? No, no. Somebody says, I believe God is setting apart this, these two men for a ministry. And out of them, new churches were planted. Uh, Paul received a mantle of ministry to the Gentiles. It was so powerful. Friends, didn't you pick it up in Imbonisi's uh, preach last week? That their church in Bulawayo got a prophetic word. In, in just a couple of months' time, six new churches were planted. Do you want to be part of that kind of church? We want to be open to what the Spirit is saying. Each one of us. Now, the, the, the reason why I, 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 this, uh, this hearing from God and, and ministering it to others is so important is because ultimately prophecy produces courage in the church and it produces activity. It's a spurring on, it's a fortifying gift that blesses the body. So in that light, I hope that you're hungry, I hope that you're leaning in, I hope you're saying, I can hear from the Lord. I can partner in this thing. Lord, sure, he, he, he has to be the one to give you the message, but our job is to earnestly be available for it. And so how can we do it on Sundays? I'm going to break it down. How can we be eager for this gift operating in our time together on Sundays? 
Well, this is where I want you to put your partnering hat on. The first is, friends, if you're going to be a blessing to your brothers and sisters, you have to seek it. What do I mean by that? You pray for this expression of the local church. You pray for the blessing of the Lord upon your brothers and sisters. You pray for the Sunday meeting. In the week, you start praying. And what you say to the Lord, you say, Lord, is there anything you want to say for your church? And, and I'm telling you now, what will happen is, and this is essentially what needs to kick over from the sermon, the success of the sermon is to move us from thinking we're coming here merely to receive, the success of the sermon is to flip that to go, no, no, you can be used. Have you got me? And, and the, the heart of seeking the Lord, for the, seeking the blessing of the Lord upon his people is that you are in the mindset of going, I am not just coming to receive, I'm coming that God might use me. And, and it might just be for one person next to me, it might be for the whole church, but, but it might not be at all on that Sunday in any, any particular way. But I tell you what, your heart will be primed, you'll be ready, your antennas will be up. And, and, and if you're in this posture coming to our gatherings, I guarantee you the Lord can put some surprising things on your heart. I must move on. Then you sense, that's the second S, you sense, okay, during the week, is there something that, that God just keeps speaking to you about? It could be whilst you're praying for the church. I know for Joy, she was just burdened for the well-being of the staff, and, and it, it flowed into the, their small group praying. There was a journey that happened, but it flowed from this desire, this seeking to be an, a blessing to the body. And, and friends, what you will find is when you come here on Sunday, you might just find that there's a, there's a scripture that keeps coming to your mind over and over and over again. You can't get it out, or a picture, or a sense, or a word. And, and you'll be, you'll be worshipping, and maybe it, it will be for a person. It happened to me one day. This lady came up, she just put her hand on my shoulder and just prayed for me. She said, I just feel I want to pray for you. And I was going through a terrible time. And she just, she prayed a consoling prayer of, of God's love. But it could be for the church. And the way you'll feel it is you'll be worshipping and it won't go away. It will feel as a bit of a nuisance. You'll, you'll be there going, no man. And you can taste it. You say, Lord, just take it away. If it's, if it's not for the church, it's fine. You, 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 and it can grow. And in a sense, you feel this growing tug. And what you do is you sense what's happening in the room. And you go, well, what are you doing? What are you singing about in worship? What did the, what did the anchor just share? And you, you can often sense a theme. Oh, I've got a scripture that ties into that. I've got a scripture that ties into the song. Um, I've got a scripture. Someone else is sharing from the front. I've got something. And you can sense affirmation from the Lord. Are you with me around what's happening in the room? You got me? So you, you, you're seeking, you're sensing, and generally that can get a bit stronger, and then you submit, and, and this is the wonderful thing. You let the anchor make the mistake, right? You might go, I don't know if this is for the church or not, but I, I just feel it's not letting me go. There's these gentle promptings of the Spirit, and I, and I sense that there's some things confirming it. Let me go to Pierre, and let me tell you before God, he'll be accountable whether you get it right or not. No pressure. And you come to Pierre and you, you submit it. You submit it to the elder. And you go, hey man, I just, I just feel. Those are the words we use. You don't go, thus saith the Lord. Right? You go, I just feel that this is on God's heart this morning. Or this is the scripture. And you let him discern with you. And, and what you do then is, you submit it to him. And then the next one is, you be sensitive. So, friends, it's important that when we share, we, we are sensitive to our, our brothers and sisters. You know, sometimes you can, you can share a whole chapter, and by the time of it, everybody's like, <sighs> you'll know it by them sitting down. If they sit down, you know it's gone too long. You, you don't have to read the whole, but you'd be sensitive. You go, what, what are these people coping with? You, you go, what's the gist of what I want to say? What's the one word from this long text? And, and what you do is... Your, your focus of sharing is what is the one thing God is saying here and you be quick to get there. And, and, and you'll get better at it. Don't worry, you know, because the blessing is at the end. Is, is you, what's the last one? Uh, center, you settle. Friends, the joy of this gift of God speaking to you for another is you just err on the side of obedience and then you let it go. Let me let you into a little insight. Every time I'm finished preaching, there is a demonic aspect of an analysis of God trying to undercut a confidence in what was preached or shared. You can expect that 
Once you've shared what God has told you to do, you release it and you don't stew of it. You could have done it better. You don't even worry about it. If God can use a donkey, my friend, he can use you. He doesn't need eloquence. He needs availability. All right. And it implies, you know, I've got lots to say, but the last is, can I just use an example? That's on a Sunday. You seek, you sense, you submit, you be sensitive around that, and then you, you step off. But can I just have two volunteers? I'm going to pick on the probies. Come on, you come in quickly. Almost there. My last point is, how can I be eager to prophesy? In other words, hear from the Spirit for the upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation of the my brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay. Can I tell you, the most frequent way this happens is in smaller prayer groups. And in your small groups, we're going to be challenged to pray for one another this week. And just to be open. We're not going to try and construct or do anything, but we're just going to be open to what the Holy Spirit might lay on our hearts for the blessing of our brothers and sisters. So you, you two are going to be praying together, right? So you lay hands and you're praying. There you go, there you go. No, it's coming like a little cuddle. There we go. All right. Now, I'm praying with them. All right. So this is what, what can happen when Christians pray. And I want to give you some tips. The first is, when you start to pray, you don't just pray with your mouth open, as TJ Smart says. You pray with your ear open, too. Okay? Now, I say to my small group, we're just going to take a moment and be quiet. But before you jive in and go, we all know what we want to pray. We will get there. But we just stop and we just take a moment to just settle down. And we, say, and we say, Lord, just like when we read our Bibles, Lord, is there anything you want to say by your Spirit for, let's say, Mark's being prayed for? So Tracy and I are praying for Mark. And what happens is, you might in that moment just get a sense. It's a very subtle thing. It's just, you know, oh man, I mean, I just feel this for Mark. I just love this guy. I just, and suddenly, when you start to pray, you just have this thing of, I want to pray that he would come to know how much he's loved. It's weird. You can get a, get a picture or a scripture, and it can set the tone immediately from praying. But generally speaking, when you're praying for somebody, it moves from the general, and just saying, Lord, would you bless Mark? Would you come right now just to show him how much you love him? And you start to pray, and then suddenly something tugs at your, tugs at your heart. Maybe it's just an area where you sense a bit of a need for provision. Or as you're praying, there's a word that grips you, an emphasis. And, and, and you start to go down that route. You say, oh, I just want to pray that, you know, in your business, that the Lord would bless you with provision. And then it moves to, I just sense the Lord saying, you know, don't be afraid. He promises to be provided. It's all biblical. Jehovah, all you're doing is actually pointing to what the truth is. And, and, and you're praying. And as you're praying, it's growing. And it has a thread and a theme. And, and you might find it moves from the general to the specific. You with me? But you're listening. You're just listening to the Spirit. You're just saying, Lord, what are you saying? And you, now, the great thing about praying in more than just two is if I'm feeling a bit, Tracy kicks in. She prays. And she starts to pray for Mark. And she says something. And I can pick up. And so I'm listening to her praying. I'm listening to what she's saying. I'm, oh, that word really grips me. Or that area of what she's praying for. I felt God really prompted. There was a, there was a sense of, God nudging me in that area. So then you start to tap off each other. You start to go, as she prays, and then you start to pray as well. And I tell you, it is a dynamic experience. It will be very normal. No one's going, there's none of that. But there's a sense of the nudging, and you will feel the effect of it for Mark is he's being built up in Christ. You will feel, he will feel loved. He will feel consoled and encouraged. And friends, you don't have to worry too much about getting something wrong if he lands on that, right? But the point is this. At the end of the day, you are leaning into the possibility that God might have something to say by the Spirit for Mark right now. That's what prophecy is. You with me? That's what builds up the church is an eagerness. And can I, can I just say thank you? You were fantastic and profound. Well done. Good job. So I close on this today. Sterling. God's word is causing, calling us to lean in here. 
to move from being consumers to being participators in the body of Christ. And it is your right. It is your position to be used by the Lord. The same spirit that brought you into the church has positioned you for blessing to the rest of the body. And if you can walk away with this idea that I can be used by the Lord to bless my brothers and sisters and I'm open and I'm asking that as I'm reading my Bible, I'll tell you what's happened to me. As I'm reading my Bible, I'll, I'll be reading something like, oh, I think of Mark Wood. I'll just send that to him. Will this, will this build him up? Will this encourage him? Will this console him? I'll send it to him. If it's a warning word, if it's outside of that, you must double check and be very slow. You must be very cautious to be negative in the spirit. But if it's flowing, friends, God speaks to us. Let's be obedient. Let's be available. Let's be eager. Let's stand together. If, if you want to grow in hearing the voice of the Spirit, the nudgings, the promptings of the Spirit for the blessing of your brothers and sisters in Christ, if you want to be an encouragement, an, a, a builder-upper, a consoler, if you want to be a strengthener by the Spirit of this precious body, won't you just, as an act of openness, just, just gently and inconspicuously in front of you, just open up your hands and say, Oh, Father, you invite us to ask. I want to be a part of that asking this morning. And I want to pray for you. Father, I want to pray for my brothers and sisters here that you would increase love for your body in their hearts. That, Lord, it would become a defining characteristic that they would love your church. That Paul would say, we must start first by pursuing love. I pray by the Spirit today, would you impart a fresh wonder and love for your body, for these brothers and sisters here. May this fruit of the Spirit be abundant in your church. And I want to pray, Lord, off the back of that, I pray that, Lord, there would be an eagerness that would not grow dim, but would grow stronger to be a blessing to your brothers and sisters. They are your brothers, Jesus, to their brothers and sisters in Christ. I pray that they would grow in their ability to hear the voice of the Spirit, applying the truth of God's Word as a blessing for others. I pray, Lord, might this gift of building up the church through this prophetic work of the Spirit flourish in the hearts of those here today. And that when people observe us as your body, Lord, they would observe a people are blessed, blessed because of the love operating through the Spirit. It's hearing the Spirit for the building up, encouragement, and consolation of those around us. Do this, we pray. Mature us, we pray. Make us continually eager for it, we ask. In your precious name, amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Well done. And we'll tackle the next gift on Sunday.